everyone, and welcome to the AdCast, a, ca- a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I am your spider host, Ranil, and this is my spidey boy soup. <laughs> or I guess your spidey soup. <laughs> yes. That's it. That's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> this week's <laughs> this week ad stands for arachnid training because we'll be talking about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I'm so excited. <laughs> Good, good. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. I love this movie a lot. Me, too. <laughs> so, what you been up to before we get into it? Uh, nothing really that important, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> like, I have... I'm My finals are... Two of them are on Tuesday, and it's, like, two essays. One, of, one which is, like, short, and one which is a little longer. And then, also, there's an in-class test portion on my class on ancient Chinese literature, which means I have to actually go to campus on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It was originally scheduled for Wednesday, but Wednesday is when the strike starts, so it's been rescheduled to Tuesday. Oh no. So yeah, I mean that's that's okay honestly. I'm not I'm not honestly I'm not mad about that because if if it turns out to if it turned out to coincide with like a, a strike, I really might just not have gone. And that would have been disastrous for my grade. But, I mean, probably understandable. I think because, like, my professor moved it specifically because he's like, well, I'm not going to break a strike line. So, right. yeah, power to that. Power to that guy. Uh, oh, I love, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love this. I love this professor. He's, he's a riot. Uh, he's, like, really old. Uh, he must be, like, 60 or 70 at this point. But <laughs> he's, like, he's teaching critical theory and he's, like, a big Marxist. And he basically invented literature 101 at my school, oh. and it's it's really funny because he he's like he's really cool in the way that like only old people can be cool. Whether he's just like I don't understand anything that you kids do, but that's okay. I support you. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, in the last couple of classes, he was just like, okay, so uh, I wanted to give a lecture on this, but I I just I can't really. Because anything I say will just be nonsense and you'll laugh at me. So can you please explain to me what memes are? Oh my god. (laughs) And he has this portion where after, after the first part of class is over, the part where he lectures, he takes like notes, um... Like you can write things down on on note cards and and pass them up to the to, uh, the front of the class and he'll read them out. And mm. I got to hear like a sixty plus year old man say the words "flaming Elmo best meme." <laughs> it is the best meme. <laughs> it's it's a pretty good one. I think I also heard um, and this this was something that he said of his own village. And he says, "Okay, what about Doge? Can you explain that one to me?" <laughs> Classic ones. <laughs> <laughs> and it was maybe just like the most surreal experience that I had, but also like in in a way that was like charming. Like it, it wasn't just like I'm trying to be cool and hip and young. It's like I literally don't understand this a little bit. So please, you're gonna have to help me out. And I I, I thought that was cool. So no, I think you oh, enlightened him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it was also like it was also uh, and this is uh, this is actually. A, quite an interesting idea for uh, a future episode now that I think about it because this is this, this is modern visual culture but I I explained a little bit about uh, the like ideological implications of memeing 
and of memetics. And that sounds like the most pretentious thing you could say, but it's worth looking at, mind you. My God. (laughs) Right. But it's like, I mean, you know how how brand Twitters these days are all about like crafting a sort of personality and persona and being relatable and hashtag Uh, depression. Right. Like uh, that's that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Right. Where where corporations are nowadays trying to cash in on what was previously an unmarketable field, that yes. is to say, shitposting and memes. And yes. it's it's coming off kind of strangely, you know? Like oh, yeah. some of them of some of them are just like and this is this is something that uh Mark Fisher writes about in in his book Capitalist Realism, where the the tendency for capitalism to uh consume and assimilate anti capitalist tendencies in order to um foster uh, a sense of progress where there is none right it's it's ah. like if 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 things make you feel like you're anti-consumerist then mm-hmm. you will feel like you're doing fine and then just proceed to continue to be a consumer yeah so yeah that's it's very interesting but obviously today is not the time to talk about that so <laughs> yeah i got to listen to a 60 plus year old man talk about memes and that was just I love great it. It was great. I love it. <laughs> so, aside from that, uh, I've been chugging along. Uh, we had our last... Okay. <laughs> You'll find this a riot. So, we had our last tournament games for, for Overwatch, our Overwatch tournament. And mm. we won both of them <gasps> by default. Uh, what? Both, both of the teams that we had to play this week disbanded. Yeah, and the funniest part is we knew that one of them was gonna was gonna not be uh, a game that we played. We knew that the Saturday game was gonna be disbanded, uh, but we we weren't sure if we wanted to do like scrims or something. But then we then we realized that the the Friday game, which my my okay, so my friend is is a player on the team and also our manager, so he's like organizing the whole affair. He's like, mm. so I was like talking to them during the week and you know making sure that the game was on Friday, and then like. The person I was talking to just doesn't exist anymore. I'm like, well, oh, like they oh. deleted their profile or something, and just I, I guess so. Yeah. Huh. So, um, yeah, we won both of our. <laughs> you won both just by existing. Just by, and I, you know what? I literally had that thought where I was like, we haven't actually ever won a game by playing <laughs> no, well. You haven't. We've we've won we've won four games by default. I can't believe it. <laughs> we didn't you guys get just a... like stayed friends, and that was the true victory. See, here. It's like we didn't we didn't even actually have to. We didn't get the chance to to actually play the games out to see if we would have won. We literally just won yeah. by default because everyone yeah. else was not able to stay together. And I think yeah. that's 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 something admirable in and of itself that we no, managed to stay together. Friendship by the won end. the day. Exactly. <laughs> Y'all stuck together and that's what wins. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think we're going to the finals or anything, but it is quite it is quite funny that, you know, we we managed to win like I think we went four for ten. Wow. Yeah, we almost won half our games just purely wow. by default. <laughs> Through the power of love and friendship soup, it's what it is. I suppose so. I suppose so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, aside from that, I've really just been playing way too many video games. Like, just mm. 
I'm so behind on all my reading and it's really stressing me out and I just have to yeah I I literally after this is is done I'm just gonna turn off everything and just do work yeah turn off for the the next like week I'm for the next week basically yeah (laughs) so you know that'll be that'll be interesting and and fun I'm I'm sure hmm but aside from that, I don't think really anything else interesting has happened uh, because school is a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's only one more week, right? And then you'll be free for a break. Yeah, it's it's only it's only this week, and then I I I'm, I have a free week, and then I'm I'm back to it. I'm back to that grind. Except uh. it sounds like it might be a little bit easier next quarter because I'm not taking three upper div classes. I am taking my capstone class, which is going to be hard, and another class that is an upper div class, which is gonna be an upper div class i know what that's like and then i have just a kind of a bullshit nonsense class that apparently is the easiest class on campus so i'm not too concerned about it i'm taking it with i guess two of my friends i think so yeah that'll be that'll be fun i got up this morning and i went to get breakfast and then i ate breakfast and it was so heavy that i came home and fell asleep for three hours I I wish I was kidding. No, it was like, it was literally like bread, bacon, poached eggs, and cream sauce, and then just like a mountain of potatoes. Uh Ah. And, oh my god, it was so good. But then I came home and I was like, oh no. (laughs) Oh no I'm. You feel yourself fading. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's over. My consciousness is done. So I, I, yeah. Oh, okay. I guess, I guess I can talk about like Grand Blue. Sure. I don't, I don't remember the last time I talked about Grand Blue. Last time you talked about it. You talk about it every podcast. I don't, I mean, okay. What I mean is I, I don't remember how much I talked about it the last time. I think, okay, I think last okay. time, I think last time I talked about it, part two of, of what makes the sky blue three was not out yet. It, well, it's out now and it was pretty good. That's okay. pretty good. I don't think it was as good as the first part, but I don't think anything could be as good as the first part. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a lot of, I had a lot, okay, the end was really good. The end was really, mm. really good. And I had a lot of feelings about that. Mm. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. And, and the event that's been going on, the fifth anniversary event, has been very generous. I've rolled many SSRs. And here's, here's my blessing to you, all you, all you gacha folks out there who play gacha games. This is, this is my blessing to you. Hoping, praying for your SSRs or your five stars or whatever, whatever in the heck you want. You can do it, I believe. Believe. All right, what have you been up to? Uh, let's see. I wish I had been up to a whole lot. Uh, let's see. I, it's, it's been a, a salty couple of weeks. Uh, I'm still salty over How to Train Your Dragon 3. Okay, fair. <laughs> fair enough. Even though it was a decent film, it was fine. It was just like, it, I've had time to like digest what it is that I felt okay. unsatisfied with. All right, and so it's like the, the, the sort of lingering salt. Exactly, it's just the lingering salt. <laughs> it was just like a lot of like... I I'm fine with the points that they... The plot points that they included in, in the film, but I wish that they had... Uh, focused on different parts of the film you know what i mean like that would have really yeah. driven home the ending kind of thing because the ending was the big big finale you know uh so instead because i was so salty i donate to a fan fiction writer that does how to train your dragon oh like a whole series God. of it and i felt 
much better. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it made me that feel is, so good. <laughs> that is that is such a that is such a next level. Yeah, I know. I, f- I feel great about that. You know, I'm supporting my fellow creators and no one gives fan fiction writers enough credit. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, what else? I oh, my gosh. So I've been playing through Kingdom Hearts three and. That was also another salt fest because for the first time in this game, I stopped having fun. Oh, no. It made me so upset, Isuk, because I've been having such a good time up up until now. Like, regardless of the, you know, people complaining about the plot or whatever, nonsensicalness and and the over the top abilities or whatever. Like, it was still fun to play. But... For once, they introduced a mechanic or like a a whole area that was so not fun that I was raging through the whole thing and I was so tired. There's just this clip of me by the end of that part where I was so exasperated. I was screaming into the mic. (laughs) Like I was So now my stream likes to remind me of what happened. And mm. you know what? It's what? fine. Okay, hang on. I need to know what it was, though. Okay, so as you might expect of uh, something that would build up salt is that we were in the pirate's world. Very salty okay. place. <laughs> yeah, sure. And I guess, like, spoilers, if you guys are still planning on playing Kingdom Hearts 3 and you haven't yet, uh, my excitement for the pirate's world was quite great because i had just done the big hero 6 world and that was really good like it was one of my favorites up until that point right uh and so i was really excited for the pirates world they had some like kind of like uncanny valley models for the actors but it was fine you know it's what you would expect uh and it starts off pretty strong you know it's it's uh, they drop sora into the part where uh uh Johnny Depp is running after the pirate ship in the desert. (laughs) And Mm. basically, it kind of proceeds with the plot of the movie, but it doesn't do it in the same way that they did for Frozen and Tangled, where they literally just replayed the entire movie for you. (laughs) I mean, okay, that's not that hard for Frozen, is it? (laughs) It was so bad. The Frozen world was my least favorite up until now, too. (laughs) It still is. It still is my least favorite world. All right. Sure. Uh, Because it was mostly just wandering around lost in the mountains. And you don't even go into town. You don't go into Elsa's castle. You're just in the mountains. And it pissed me off so bad. That's so boring. (laughs) Yeah, it was so boring. And all they did was like they replayed... They they recreated some of the cutscenes from the movie in uh, the Unreal Engine, which was impressive, but not really what I was looking for, right? So, like, they played the song, you know, the Let It Go, whatever, and I was like, wow, they're actually playing the song. They didn't even do this for Tangled, and that was basically the whole thing. I was pissed. <laughs> wow. That's that's amazing. It's it sounds like they just ran out of ideas. They're just like, ah, fuck. Yeah. What do we do with the Frozen's? Yeah. I mean, they're they're yeah. big and important. Yeah, I just, yeah. yeah throw them on a mountain. Yeah, but even then, I wasn't that salty, right? Because they they gave me you know enemies to fight. So I was like, cool, that's fine. You know, I like the fighting, whatever. And they stuck me into an ice maze full of enemies. I was like, it's fine. I got more enemies to fight. It's fine. 
but this part in the pirates world <laughs> so okay. up until so uh, the introduction of the pirates world we get to meet all the characters we get to do some aquatic levels we do some swimming right and then we get to do some ship battles cool love it and then we get to this point where we arrive at port royale and i see a little like <laughs> meter on the top right corner it says zero out of 300 crabs what okay hang on what and so, zero out of 300 crabs so, why do you need that many crabs and it's actually pretty well modeled it's enormous and there's like multiple like alleyways that you can ride on goofy's shield through and everything and like go from like area to area go from fort to fort and it was just for crabs and you just had to like smash items to see if there were crabs inside you had to find crabs on the ground you had to find them in barrels and moving objects there was one point where people were like all the NPCs in town are just like talking about the crabs. They're like, I think I saw something moving over there. Were those crabs? Or oh they're like, God. oh, I saw some, a bunch of crabs moving up the path. And then at one point it was uh, these NPCs talking about the chimney is smoking really weirdly. So, of course, I go check out the chimney, which why is the chimney smoking weird? And it's because a bunch of crabs are hanging out on top of it. It's like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what? 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 justification they just threw crabs the justification was that we needed the crabs to upgrade the ship why (laughs) and oh my god the the one the the point at the end that that had me screaming and clipping the audio and everything was by the time that you finish collecting all these crabs thankfully they give you more than 300 to work with, right? So you don't have to actually scavenge the entire huge area that they built. Yeah. Is you're talking to Johnny Depp, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> ta- I don't even remember what the exact scene was, but by the end of it, it has him collapsing into a pile of crabs like he was his body fades away and it turns out he was made of crabs and that this was a fake johnny depp and and this was all like a message or something from the spirit or whatever i just like i was like he was made of crabs (laughs) i was so angry Okay, people people are not allowed to give Kingdom Hearts shit anymore for anything that they've done up until now because nothing that Kingdom Hearts has ever done will will be worse than this crab thing. At least no. I'm, at least from what I'm getting secondhand. It's just like I don't care about like this this weird bullshit about like, you know, 
getting norted and and shadows and uh, yeah. whatever's. I, I, who cares? <laughs> the crabs? Johnny Depp letter crabs? <laughs> and it was like, Boy, that's it, wild. The, the, the entire area just screamed of, like, they were going to originally do something else, but... It, it for whatever <laughs> reason just, didn't pan out and so they had to fill yeah, the area no. with something or else you know it would go to waste and so they filled it with crabs <laughs> oh my god that's that's amazing <sighs> yeah so that was my salt fest <laughs> in the last week or so wow that is <laughs> that is unreal yeah it was it was terrible. Like it felt like they had wanted to do like a semi open worldy kind of thing with the world, but they just lacked anything interesting, which is what happens with every freaking open world <laughs> game that I, I have come across. Aside from boy. like the really well done's like Breath of the Wild and whatnot, those are like the gold exceptions. Boy, oh, that is <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah, that is that is truly incredible. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> You want to talk about spiders now instead of crabs? <laughs> yeah, I, I really do, actually. <laughs> much much more than I want to talk about this weird sort of crab f- nightmare fuel that, yeah, that you've man. sort of explained to me. Although yeah. it does make me want to eat crab now. Yeah, or, you know, watch the crab brave, you know, me. Oh, yeah, the, video, the crab brave know. video. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. true. That's true. That's, that's them. That's the crabs. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, maybe, maybe, maybe at that point the game development team was just sort of like co-opted by crab people. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you right, know. like that, like I that Johnny that. Depp yeah. crab yeah. impersonation. But like everyone was that, and then, yeah. and then they came and they like were just like, "Hey, shoo, get out, get out of my game!" And they're like, <laughs> and then, and then, and then <laughs> they were just like, "Well, they already made, they already made the part of the game that was all crabs. I might as well keep it in there." <laughs> <laughs> they did it we have to keep it <laughs> we have to keep it okay all right let's let's uh, talk about let's talk about into the spider verse because yes. i i think we'll get to be here for a little while yes <laughs> okay so as, as as a heads up of course we are not a spoiler friendly podcast we're gonna spoil the fuck out of this movie and if you haven't watched it it's still in theaters at the time of recording and it just came out on dvd and blu-ray so check it out you have no excuses at all zero if you don't watch it i hate you Forever. I'm Whoa. just kidding. I lo- I'm just kidding. I love you. <laughs> but but I will I will seriously reconsider our friendship if you don't watch this movie because it is my favorite movie of all time now. Bro. Oh my god. I can't believe like how good it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It it's incredible. <laughs> I don't even know how it even started getting made. Like. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? That's a very good question because Spider-Man has a sort of sordid history with with uh the cinematic sort of sphere. Yeah. I have watched many a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Actually, Spider-Man was one of the first superheroes uh, the movies of which I watched. I watched uh all three of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, which Yeah, same. You know, was a sort of a thing in and of itself, mind mm-hmm. you. Um it was not the best, but I was a child, so I didn't... I, I mean, they made three of those suckers, so obviously it sold pretty okay. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, to the point that like people were like, we don't want another Spider-Man, and then we started introducing other actors who could be Spider-Men, and they were like, 
Oh well, yeah. I mean, this is this is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's that's true. The I completely skipped the middle Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, but I I picked up with the Tom Holland ones because they're part of the MCU, mm. and those are actually pretty good. I I will say the um, Spider-Man Homecoming was actually really good. Yes, I I I've watched all the Spider-Man, the Spider-Mans is the Spider-Mans is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I do agree. I think Tom Holland is probably one of my favorite ones, but I, I have I, I a think, bias towards more fun kind of characters. Well, I think Spider-Man is always supposed to been uh, supposed to have been that sort of character. And we get it mm-hmm. a little bit in the first one, but like in the first Tobey Maguire one. But it, we really yeah, kind yeah. of lose it after that because, yes. you know, this is this is like the 2000s. This is the era of everything must be grim and dark and yeah. Batman. Yeah, right? that's why it was so refreshing when they kind of did a new take on it afterwards. It's just like, okay, right. I'm done with the heavy stuff. <laughs> I, I think with each Spider-Man, they sort of progressively found more and more the the voice of Spider-Man as they yes. wanted it to be and as it probably yes. should have been. I mm-hmm. think that... I'm I'm really looking forward to the the next one, the um Spider-Man Far From Home. But mm. you know, I I'm also doing that with with the expectation that I will never love any Spider-Man property as much as I love Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And that's just mm. sort of something that I've come to grips with, something that I've come to accept. Mm. Because man, I uh I could go see this movie like three more times. Me too. That's like <laughs> That's that's not something that I really say often because I'm not somebody who likes to go over media again unless I'm like talking about it, right? I don't right. necessarily like to watch things that I have already watched before unless it's something like Full Metal Alchemist or like Avatar that right. I know are like top tier sort of storytelling pieces. Right. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you know, it's like, well, I mean, there's so much stuff to watch that i i just i'm i'm a greedy person i like to watch things and consume things i'm i'm yes. like a i'm a perfect microcosm of the terrible capitalist system we live under but that's just <laughs> that's how it be so i was surprised at how much i liked it honestly yeah same i mean uh, i was looking i was looking forward to watching it but it really really surprised me no yeah for sure like i hadn't even seen a trailer or anything up until when I, you know, decided to go watch it with, uh, or I got invited to watch it with some friends, and they basically don't, <laughs> they were like, do we need to know anything about Spider-Man before we watch this? And I was like, I mean, I'm sure that they'll give you, like, some kind of recap or something to to introduce you, and sure enough, they did. Sure is, enough, yeah. awesome. <laughs> and so, so <laughs> I was like, you don't really need to know anything, it'll be fine, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so... The movie was developed by Sony Pictures Animation, which I think we briefly talked about last time that we uh, mentioned Spider-Verse, but they did Hotel Transylvania, Smurfs, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. So this kind of like is another boggling reason, like, where did this come from? <laughs> where right. did this movie come from? <laughs> I mean, like, let's let's be fair here. These these movies, while sort of flying under people's radars, aren't bad movies, especially for children. No. They're well animated. Yeah. They're They're clean. They're... Honestly, like I think I think they're pretty charming and funny, but sure. they're, they're they're really not special, I guess. Exactly. You could say, they're kind of right? like middle of the road kind of thing. Right. I mean, this is uh, this is like I would I would say just where where you would go with like corporate produced sort of churned out movie after movie 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. It, that's kind of what it feels like. It kind of feels a little bit like samey, like a like sort of a nutrient paste made of en- the nutrient paste of entertainment. <laughs> Great. <laughs> right. It, it's not like it's not like offensive to the to the sensibilities. In fact, it's it's probably pretty good if you like don't know what anything else tastes like. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to be, like, unfair here. I feel like people like Hotel Transylvania and things like that. So, sure. right. But, like, yeah. let's let's be very clear here. There's a very marked difference between those movies and this one. Exactly. It's humongous, the amount of difference. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually incredible that these were made by the same studio. It's like... Exactly. It, it's like if you were just, like... If you were just, like, okay, imagine... If a studio just made a bunch of really sort of middle of the road average things, and then they made one thing that was so good it blew your mind six times over, and you'd be like, <laughs> ah, that doesn't sound possible. Well, it is. And it, because it happened. They did it. Right yeah, now. It does happen. <laughs> I mean, they released in December, but yeah. Yeah, so apparently it, they started production back in 2014, or at least they were drafting ideas about it. Jesus. And they're. I guess take on it was like they just wanted to rejuvenate the Spider-Man series and in in an animated format because up until that point Spider-Man was I guess like getting kind of stale, you know. Uh and so they wanted to focus on the story of Miles Morales because that hadn't really been told before in the series and they started with like I think four directors working with one animator to get like a general feel for how they wanted the series and then of course quickly expanded to like 60 animators and then 140 animators and then by the end they had 177 animators that's that okay yeah that is a that is a far cry from one yes i was like boy that is that is some really heavy exponential growth right there yeah uh yeah, I'm. I'm so. I, I really hope that they give like a pretty good in-depth uh, documentary about how it ends up getting, how it ended up getting made because I need yeah, to know. I, would, I need to know. I I would be super interested in in knowing how this movie came to be. Although I yeah. I kind of I kind of like having this image of in in the sort of drafting room of like uh, Spider-Man Homecoming coming out and then just being like, you know, hey. It's it's us the the Mar- the Marvel team. We made a Spider Man movie. It's pretty good, I think. You know, we cast Tom Holland. He's a pretty young guy. He he is like twenty three, four or something. But he looks pretty. He looks younger than he is yes, for sure. Yes, mm-hmm. like he looks like a baby. Yes, he has a baby face. <laughs> but that was somehow more revolutionary than it is supposed to be because we don't cast children as children ever in movies because mm. mm-hmm. children have to be adults too i guess yeah i don't know uh-huh. it's yeah it's, anyway so <laughs> I, I had this image of like the marvel team like coming out with this 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 movie it's just like hey like we made a cool spider-man movie it's, it's pretty neat isn't it you know, spider-man is uh spider-man's uh cool again right and you know, Sony Pictures Animation was just like, "You were like little baby. Watch this." Oh my god! <laughs> they're like Gendo posing at the end of the table. <laughs> yeah, they're just—they're just like, "You ain't seen nothing yet." 
for some reason that side of the room is dark <laughs> except for like people's glasses shining <laughs> yeah yeah so let's <laughs> let's get into it let's let's talk about animation because yes. boy 177 animators that that sounds about right for what what we what I saw with my eyes yes <laughs> So, can we talk about how, when my friends were talking about this, and I heard a lot of people talking about it, it's like, when they first saw the trailer, they were actually really put off by the art style yeah. and the animation yeah. style, which I understand, right? Because, like, when you first start watching the movie, you're like, oh, what is, okay, well, you know, I'll stick around and see what happens. But, my God, does it become just one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> yeah, I think... And mine, uh, like, I'll have to, I have to be careful here because I've only seen like one or two trailers. But I'm pretty sure okay. the trailers really, really underplay how good the animation is. I think so too. Because they don't really show you any of the really great scenes. Yes. And also, I, I think that the movie is more suited to a larger screen. I think part of part of the reason it works is because it's a larger screen. Mm. Yeah, it and, kind of like helps immerse you and whatnot and right. really get you up in those details that they're showing. Right. It's it's one of those things where it takes a little bit of adjustment to get into, but mm -hmm. once you once you start getting into it cuz they do they do animate it differently than the normal, right? They have basically like what they're doing is they're animating every other frame that you would animate except yep. mm -hmm. And this is this is the really like sort of genius thing that they did with this, which is that that should look kind of like weird and off putting, but it actually lets them be more expressive with the way that the animation works, mm -hmm. because it means that. And this is something that was specifically talked about with like the the scene um, at the Alchemex um, sort of building with the bagel mm -hmm. where he like throws the bagel. Yeah. So that scene, the reason it. it like reads so well to the eyes is because um peter and miles are animated on different frames so one is animated on one frame and the other is animated on the other frame and so they have mm. distinctive movement styles in the same shot because of the way that they animated the whole movie right so interesting it stands as this framework from which you can move into doing more interesting things and it really is like this great example of like sometimes a limitation can set you free yeah i mean not only do they save a lot of time and money by doing so but also by being creative with it you make something entirely unique <laughs> oh my god it's this might be one of the most like unique animated movies that i've like ever actually seen it is yes it is a wild how good this movie is at mixing styles and how good yes. it is at seamlessly integrating them into the same space and making it feel like it works. It it reminds me a lot of um the like the uh sort of string of live action animated movies that we got in like the 90s and, and 2000s like like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Space Jam. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The the Looney Tunes movies starring Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Or Space Jam. Or Space Jam, again. <laughs> it, it's actually kind of surprising to me because, like, you get used to it pretty quickly. And yes, it, it yes, reads yeah. really well. And it, mm -hmm. doesn't, it doesn't seem out of place ever. And, like, a lot of them, a lot of the scenes, too, have different kinds of animation even within them. Like, there's a lot of these, like, kind of stop, like... And I love these shots, the shots where they are moving from animation and then they give you like a, a, a still frame 
of like a 2D shot of like lights and silhouettes, right? And then mm. they they go back to the animation and it really gives you that comic book impact feel. Mhm. Mhm. I know what you mean. Yeah. Right. Like like in, in like in the opening um I I guess this is a little bit past the opening, but when Miles is running from the Prowler after Spider-Man dies, right? Yes. Like where he's yes. like running all of those train scenes are are fantastic, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Where they have the like um the the freeze frame and mm-hmm. it's it's the freeze frame with the the cut in and it gives you an incredible amount of of tactile feedback and it gives you mm-hmm. an incredible amount of like visual information in such a little amount of time and with so like few resources that it's actually kind of astounding yeah it it feels like they they were super conscious of how much visually an audience member can take in in like you know from second to second you know moment to moment kind of thing and yeah. so they took advantage of that by being like okay here's a still frame here and then and then we're gonna t- put animation here because this is where we need it to move the scene along but then another like like they just managed to masterfully keep the scene moving but also like i don't know they just like managed to keep everything like so beautifully composed throughout the entire movie <laughs> like yeah <laughs> Part of it is they were definitely very mindful of every moment. And yes. I, I I think that a lot of the really great directors, right, yeah. are very mindful of of the moments, of the moment yeah. to moment, right? And how that plays out. Because it's not just mm-hmm. about the beginning and the uh, opening framing shot. And, like, the framing shots are important. But, you know, people are watching also the middle scenes, right? Like, yes. they also have to, to watch those. So, yeah. You really, really want those to read well as well. And the fact mm-hmm. that even the action scenes are rendered in a way where they're just on the edge of, like, being unreadable, but, like, just just there, right? Mm. You can always tell what's happening, even when there's a lot happening on the screen. Yes, yes. And it, mm-hmm. part of it is because of those those freeze frames. Part of it is because they animate in a way where your attention is only ever on, like, a couple of things, so it's mm-hmm. not like it's it's always framing something, right? Yes. And yes. that's really important and really hard to do in animation because you have to create everything from scratch. Yeah. So yeah. I think they like, also they they were able to just by virtue of their character designs able to direct it too because you're able to focus on Miles because you know it has that trademark red blue, you know, kind of Spider-Man-y kind of colors right. uh, in his normal outfit, right? But then when you're interacting with scenes like the Prowler, for example, he has those really bright purples just silhouetted by black. And so yeah. but just by virtue of the colors, you can frame every scene that they're interacting together. And yeah, it, yeah, it's just so good. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, like I'm thinking about the the scene, the first scene where Spider-Man is fighting the Green Goblin, right? Where yes. it, that's that's an incredible scene too. I would say yes, it's almost understated yes. how good it is, but it it feels actually at that moment you're like you're watching a stop motion animation. Mm. Like that's that's kind of how that scene reads to me, and mm-hmm. and then later some of the fight scenes are much more like like anime, <laughs> right? Like the sure. like the scene the scene in Aunt May's living room is is great. Oh my god, yes, everyone's fighting each other. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and then especially especially the last sequence is just 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 fantastic. Oh so, my god. 
Like, I, you would I, think that that last sequence would be so hard to keep up with because there's just, just like colors splashing, things oh moving my God, all over yeah. the place. But like the fact that they were able to like the fact that they made first of all the the entire area a different style, right? It's a very graphic designy, poppy kind of style to show like, oh my God, we're inside the collider. There's a very different reality. But also it helps to differentiate between uh, Miles and Kingpin versus the environment. So the environment's still being crazy, like it's supposed to be. But you can still focus on the main key, the key players. <laughs> right. I just love it so much. <laughs> they do a really great job of framing the characters against yeah. colors that suit them, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. or colors that contrast them. Like the scene yeah. with Miles and, and Kingpin, right? It's like yep. a lot of the a lot of the background um in, in the initial sort of scene is like this this bubbly black, and then there's some color, and then Kingpin and Miles are there, right? And they're also like mostly coated black. Right. Yes. So as a result, your eyes kind of instantly snap to the center and you, yes. you, you see the motion. And it's so, yep. so good at directing your eyes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apparently, the animation team, of course, would focus on the feeling of, of, of being in a comic book, right? Like walking the audience through a comic. And that's why when they were producing the film, they decided that they were going to have 2D artists who, who could... Uh, basically work like comic book artists and composite on top of whatever the 3D artists rendered. So each frame, you know, each scene has hand-drawn, like, composited elements that would basically read as, like, a a graphic kind of comic style, which is so good. (laughs) So you have, like, really unique moments like when uh when when Miles first you know gets bitten and he has his spidey senses like going crazy right and then they have like the really quiet moment before it says look out and then you see it on the screen oh my god i love it i was just like i'm in <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty excellent yeah i i feel like this is the only movie that has ever really effectively adapted a comic book into the into the format of a movie and i think part of that is because part of that is because it's a it's a concerted effort to but part of it is because it understands what makes comic books really great and it also it also understands that it can't replicate one for one so it has to do some things that are unique to animation and unique to film and more even more than being just like a really great comic book movie it's a really great animated movie and like probably one of the best animated movies I'm going to say ever just based yeah. purely on what it manages to to do successfully, right? Yeah. I think that it's one of the most unique pieces that has really come out of western animation. And yeah, I, I'm I'm going to go I, ahead and say probably ever actually. <laughs> you know what? I I don't I I mean I, I struggled uh, to think of something that was more effective it, in what it was trying to achieve than this. Right. And like I, I mean Yeah. Obviously I've I've studied like a little bit of the history of animation, right? Uh, yeah. Of of Western animation, that is. I've, I mean, some of, some of the early stuff, and like, of course, we're being mindful of the fact that, you know, the people in those times are working with with what they have, and what they came up with is quite oh, sure. incredible. But yeah. I would I would, you know, say that Spider Verse is one of those movies that really stands as like the pinnacle of of what we can do with our technology. Right. I think yeah. that like, honestly, I, I think that James Cameron's avatar eat your fucking heart out because Into the Spider-Verse is the best computer graphics animated movie of all goddamn time. 
<laughs> you know, they're making sequels to that movie. Like, like two of them. Like, like I think something like that. They're making a trilogy. No one remembers anything about those movies except for the fact that they were blue people that people wanted to fuck. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I I feel like whenever people try to make like a comic book movie, like a comic book animated movie, it's always kind of campy, you know, and you have a couple references to those elements in the beginning of this movie where they have like, you know, the speech bubbles popping up and you have Miles talking like, why are my thoughts so loud? You know, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. they so quickly taper off of that to like tra- yeah. transition into like the real stuff, like what they're actually showing through the comic book art right <laughs> so yeah that's 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 actually what i wanted to say because the the way that they introduce that and then quickly phase it out yep is is great because it, it yep. says like i mean this is this is a cool way of like you know uh, keeping true to the to the comic book feel right it's like it's mm-hmm. aha it's the comic book thing where your thoughts are in like yellow thought bubbles and then it quickly transitions out of that into other visual aspects that make it feel more like a comic book Mm -hmm. and it 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 pays homage to that but it also you know moves past it and and says like well this isn't the only way of like making something feel like a comic book what like you you are like little babby watching this oh my god (laughs) sony (laughs) yeah i mean it legitimately feels like leagues ahead of anything else that has come out ever (laughs) like it 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 feels like it's writing and and creating on a different level than what we've seen so far it it really feels like it elevates yes definitely elevates like the standard for animated films is now sufficiently raised because of this movie yeah it it really is and i think that's that's incredible yes because i feel like i mean outside of like you know Japanese animation, and they consider exactly. it like, like a Miyazaki real, and Studio a real and that, yeah. sort of industry there, yeah. right? This is kind of the first example in a post-Disney world of <sighs> just like a a really incredible, and of course, like you know, capitalism. But like, <laughs> what what we cannot forget is that within capitalism are people who are legitimately working off of off of their passions and and do their best work in the framework that we exist in right and this is this is one of those things right it, it's obviously like a a a market product it's it's an entertainment product it's meant to yeah. be consumed and yeah. meant to drive sales and you know you're meant to want to watch it but on the other hand it is a large risk to run something like this it is like god knows this this movie probably took just so much money to make <laughs> and on something that is arguably like a huge huge risk because there's no telling if people will take to it you know some people might not like the animation some people might not want another spider-man movie some people might just i mean god god knows like the a sort of academy as as we know it just does not value animation as an art form whatsoever. Mm. Like it's such a throwaway category of nothing where people it are is. like, it's just like uh, you know Disney. Oh well, here you go Disney. I, we didn't even watch the other ones, and we barely right, exactly. watched it's yours. Like, I, I I only watched the <laughs> Disney one because my kids like watching Disney. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's the one I'll pick. Right? It's yep. just like, well, okay, all right. You're mm-hmm, sure? Mm-hmm. Whatever you whatever you say. 
whatever you say. Right. But um, even the Academy can recognize this because it yeah. was apparently the first non-Disney, non-Pixar movie to get, you know, an Oscar or whatever. And I was just like, well, first of all, that doesn't say anything about the standards of the Oscars. No, it really doesn't. I mean, I, everybody knows everything about the Oscars at this point, and it's just a big sham for rich people to pay for movie reviews. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, it it's... I mean, it legitimately feels like this is this is it, right? Like, this is, <laughs> this is where we have to go from now. This is what we have yep. to strive towards. Yep. At le- like, at least as a sort of base framework for what is considered good especially Mm -hmm. in animation because it's Mm -hmm. one of the most unique things to come out of of western animation too which is like like western animation has produced a lot of of really great cg movies mostly because they've done it at the expense of of 2d animated movies forever uh Mm -hmm. but you know, this movie recognizes that 2D animation still has a place and it can still tell things that, that CG animation can't, which is why they integrate it into the movie. Yeah. And it's, it feels like this is the first time that we've really gotten to see what people can do with this technology, aside from just kind of render things as, as one sort of homogenous mass of entertainment right at least right? at least in terms of like western animation like there like like the the thought of uh integrating 2d a- after having rendered it out in 3d isn't isn't new and it's not certainly not revolutionary like people are saying no in this is this movie but well, it's it's one of this is one of like the best executions of it as far as like in in western productions right because they've been doing this and like like freaking studio triggers mastered it right and so like the fact that it is being executed so like eye strikingly well in in a western format is is mind blowing right right like yeah they're, they're making a landmark here i mean the what it actually reminds me of it reminds me a lot of guilty gear exerd mm. because that's that's a a fighting game by uh i think it's by arxis it, it must be that's guilty gear right and I think so. What they did was they rendered the 3D models to look like 2D, mm, and mm-hmm. it looks amazing. Like it, it yeah. legitimately looks incredible. And that's mm. that's like the kind of thing that reminds me of where, you know, what 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 you have to remember is that like you know there's a reason that 2D animation is is still a, a viable thing in other yeah. places in the world like Japan, right? Yeah. Where people are still telling stories in this medium and it's not just because, you know, it's a backwards place for backwards people. Yeah, there's... And there's also, like, a certain... Uh, like, like, like you'll hear artists sometimes talk about, like, the perfection of digital art versus traditional art, right? Where there's a lot of personality and character in drawing something by hand versus having a computer calculate it for you, right? Like a curve... Yeah. For example, drawn by hand versus a curve that's calculated by an algorithm. And I feel like that's the same. A parallel could be drawn between 3D animation and 2D animation where something that's 3D and modeled in 3D feels so ridiculously perfect right even if it has like you know the human touch it feels very perfect and so by incorporating more 2d elements on top of that it feels more natural you know it feels more organic 
Yeah, I would I would definitely tend to agree because I think that there are a lot of techniques that go into you know 3D CG animation that are kind of overlooked. Like people don't really realize how much like smearing and and you know sort of uh, aspects of 2D animation influence 3D animation, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. you know things like uh, like you know Looney Tunes and Tex Avery, right? Mm. That sort of you know stretching and squashing it still exists in, in CG, but the integrity of the character oftentimes has to be kept intact. Yes. Like the integrity of the model. And so as a result, yes, it does feel mm-hmm. a lot like it's very homogenous. And, and, you know, this is the thing about, you know, movies like frozen and how to train your dragon and whatever, right. They're, they're expressive, like beautiful movies well, I mean, debatable, if you, <laughs> right? I'll say, like, you know, they, they are quite expressive, and we've come a long way since, like, Toy Story 1, which mm. was already sort of a, uh, an improvement on, on CG. Yeah. Uh, or rather, it was, like, the first big computer graphics animated movie that actually demonstrated you could make movies like this. And then from then on, we just kind of stopped making 2D movies, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, shows, it shows, like, we can go farther, yeah, absolutely. like there's no reason to stop, mm-hmm. and and we can continue to develop this so that it will look better and be more expressive. I I think that the the integration of more two D elements is is vital in that because you know it feels like a a lot of the the things that we've lost in in this transition are things like expression and exaggeration, and we exactly. don't exactly. We don't get that as much. And I, I, God, I love, I love watching animated Spider-Man movie because I think that the, the animated Spider-Man is like the, the weird things they can do with his like weird eye mask is great. And it's like a (laughs) lot, it's a lot harder to do in live action. And they've, they've done some of it in, in some of the more recent ones, but like, yeah. You know, it's it's just better in yeah. It's just better in like you know uh, a visually constructed medium like yeah. There's animation. just so much you, more you can tell just from like watching his eyes. <laughs> right, and there's there's a lot more you can tell with every aspect of it, and every aspect yeah. of it is so well thought out. Yeah, like none of it is actually just set dressing. It's mm-hmm. oh my god, it's so amazing because mm-hmm. the the things that they can do are so far beyond what we could manage with live-action CG. And that's not to say that live-action CG hasn't come a really long way. Like, God knows, like, you know, Inception is, is known for a lot of these, like, weird CD-bending landscape and, like, mind-bending shots or whatever, right? But, I, I mean, you know, the things that Spider-Verse does with its, you know, visual storytelling, with what it, what it is conveying to you about how weird things are getting... You know, that's basically impossible. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not ever going to get that level. Like, by using a a layer of abstraction, we are Mm -hmm. able to convey more information. Yep. And and more meaning. And it's honestly kind of incredible how we've, like, we just don't realize that. Because, you know, Japan has been doing it forever. (laughs) I know. They are the ones looking down at us like babies. <laughs> right, they're just like, Ah, Akachan! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's honestly, 
I, I I really loved the the multiverse effect that they did where they have like buildings coming out of other buildings, which isn't like it's not impossible to do with with uh, sort of live action CG, but it, it's a lot easier to convey expressively in you know in in uh, an animated movie. It's a lot easier to to play with these really really bold styles and uses of of wild color and mm-hmm. people. I feel like people have this kind of misinformed idea that the point of a movie is to render something as realistically as possible. Well, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, which is like not true, right? The the point of a movie is to express something, right? It's to connect with your audience in some way or whatever message you're trying to tell. And I feel like the entire pursuit in three D uh, animation. Um, at least recently, has been this point of like the more perfect we make it look, the more perfect it will be. But then you right. lose so much. You lose that connection with the audience because they they look at it and they're like, "Well, this looks too clean. This looks too you know." It, it you lose that expression, like you said, with the squashing and the stretching and all these things that are more cap- you're more capable of doing in two D animation. And you need some of those like quote unquote imperfections in order to accurately convey some like emotional beats you know like really actually impacting your audience because they see something and they're like it this feels more like home as opposed to this very perfect thing yeah i i mean i i love just how expressive the movie was it, it cannot yes. be understated just how good this movie is at making you f- like feel things mm-hmm. just just through its <laughs> visuals you know it's yeah. it's honestly and and like the the sort of leap of faith scene with with Miles is mm. I th- I think one of the most well directed <laughs> shots in modern cinema. Like yes. <laughs> that shot is honestly legitimately incredible. The sort of like slow down as he's like diving yeah. is like you're awesome. holding your breath and you're like leaning forward in your chair like <gasps> yeah it's it's legitimately breathtaking and it, it makes you feel everything that they want you to feel without mm-hmm. saying anything. Yep. It it is just just a moment of like pure visual transmission and that's mm-hmm. incredible that we get well, that. Think, well, yeah, and I think what like like in addition to the visuals we'll talk about the music but the musical cues during that moment are so impactful too oh, and yeah. it's just like oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> You wrote this down too, but I I really really enjoyed the way that it doesn't like okay so this is this is a superhero movie and naturally yes. children are going to want to see it yes and the way that this movie treats like death and mm-hmm. and death is a thing that happens right and violence mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. feels very superhero it feels very comic book but it also has that that comic book element of like well sometimes you know it's not just like all fun and games and silliness you know sometimes people do die yeah and it shows them in a way that is 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 like not glorifying violence i would say mm-hmm. you know it's not like it's not like uh overly graphic or or torture porn or anything it's like because it's an animation we can get the the shot of like like bang of a gun right and that's that's all we need to to see yes right 
and and the fact that we can abstract it like that and then also have the consequences it it it's like i feel like this this shot and i i think you know what shot i'm talking about when when i'm going to talk about it in, in two seconds but the shot of like you hear the bang of a gun and then you see like in, in a live action movie mind you and you see like the character just like look down into his hand and it's covered in blood right it's uh. such a it's such a cliche <laughs> shot right yeah but the reason it's cliche is because it has the same you know um amount of weight to it without having to like just depict someone getting shot in a comical manner it's one of the right I would say it's like just one of the the most textbook ways that you can show how a scene plays, like of someone yeah. uh, of someone getting shot. But the fact yeah. that it's it's kind of like that, but way more impactful because of that comic book feel. Like like I said, mm-hmm. that layer of abstraction. Like we in that freeze frame, we don't even see the models; we just get the silhouette, and that's yeah. like we like, feel all you that need. exactly. All you need was. A color change and that was it <laughs> like like right. they 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 chose to put in silhouette change the colors and that strikes home so hard for you <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's the the use of silhouettes is, is like i mean that's a it's a very I, i'm gonna say that's a very japanese thing to do as well you know it's like that that sort of like samurai showdown effect where like mm. it's like their silhouettes and then one of them like gushes blood and then falls over right it's like it's that thing you know and like obviously this has also been aped by western creators like you know um i'm gonna say quentin tarantino did this a lot right but it's it's just that kind of thing where you don't need to show something for someone to feel the effects of it and Mm -hmm. the fact that they showed it like that was the best way that they could do it and Mm -hmm. And also in the beginning of the movie, when when Kingpin kill, kills Spider Man, yes. right? We don't see that necessarily nope. like head on, no. Nope. But we we see enough of it, and we feel yep. the impact of it. And it's not gory. It's not no. you know horrifying. Well, it is horrifying, but like not in a visual way. It's like yeah. horrifying on a level that we understand sort of as people. No, yeah, because the way that they framed that shot, like when he strikes his fist down, you are right up against his fist. Like your your positioning as the viewer is looking up at him. And so when he brings his fist down and then the, the scene actually shakes and then you have the, the sound that accompanies it. And then they cut away to like the behind scene where he's looking down on Spider-Man's body, right, is like... Like you, that's all you needed. Like his, his fist coming down, you don't even see his body. Like when they come down because it's cut, you know, it's framed that way. Right. So that you don't actually see the impact because that's where, you know, parents tend to draw the line. Right. But that's all you need. And I love that. That's what they chose to focus on is they know exactly how much of that, that they needed to show to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. The, the direction is really, really strong and yeah. It shows so well all throughout the animation. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> all right. You want to talk about music? Yeah, let's talk about music. Yeah. Yeah. So I music. I love the soundtrack <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. I have it on Spotify, and I listen to it all the time. Me too. <laughs> the music actually is, is like really incredible because it... 
builds the and this this is a very interesting thing which is it builds the tension of the movie and the emotions and it drives the emotions and like people i feel like a lot of times people don't necessarily notice music in a movie because it's meant to be as like sort of non-offensive as possible it's not supposed to be there necessarily it's just supposed to accentuate the mood and i think spider-verse has a lot of music that is like that but Mm. also it has a lot of music that isn't like that where it has a lot of music that actually sticks with you, you know, <laughs> which yeah. I feel like is missing think, from a lot of uh, Marvel movies, which I've actually been disappointed by. Is like, oh yeah, Marvel movies. Marvel movies are really well known for not having really memorable music, aside from just yeah. like the, yeah. aside from like Captain America's theme or whatever, like some really strongly like you know ones that will actually stay right. with you like yeah those are really those are like just like a handful compared to all of the music that is in all of the movies yeah i mean a lot of it is it's good right it's meant it oh, yeah, does exactly what it's meant to exactly the the reason that spider-verse is so special is because it knows when to foreground the music mm-hmm. you know it knows when it can use the music in a way that is like fully present in your mind yeah to like tell you something or to accentuate a mood right it's not just it's not just a passive sort of background setting it's part of the storytelling and that's what's really important right a lot of the music sort of fades in and out when you need it to and when things are happening and when dialogue is taking a back seat and when it's like the the really the sort of emotion that is um, conveyed by the music and the storytelling that is conveyed by the music that is supposed to be foregrounded and that's mm-hmm. I think really hard to do mm-hmm. like I think a lot of movies really struggle with this because they really just want to tell the story as as is and they don't necessarily want to think about music but the music is really strong in Spider-Verse and you know what it has in common this with Black Panther Black Panther's music mm. is really strong Mm. Out of all the Marvel movies, yeah, I like the theme in Black Panther a lot as well. That I would say that that uh, is also one of the handful that I actually really enjoyed from Marvel. Yeah, I, and I mean, like so, some of the other ones are pretty good too. Uh, like Thor Ragnarok is pretty okay about this. I, I think some of them. Some I mean, it's it's funny because like Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy are on that level where. They don't have music written specifically for the movie necessarily. They do have some, but a lot of the music that you remember is like music that already exists. And that's okay. Right. Like, okay I was too. like, uh, right. I was it's thinking, supposed was to like, be like that. Exactly. I was like, oh, I like the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, movie music, but it, it's not really their music. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not made specifically for the, for the narrative yeah. of the movie. But they, they utilize it well. So I'm, I'm willing they use to. It well. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm willing to give them a pass on that one. I think sure. that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that the music in Spider-Verse, on top of already being good, is yes. used to advance the story and to, yes. to tell you something and to set the mood. And it's like, it really completes the movie, right? Like, the, the sort of sound design of the movie it cannot be understated at how good it is, how good the sounds are, and how, how good they are at making you feel the impact of the animation. For me, some of the most trademark examples were like whenever the prowler showed up <laughs> oh my god so good sounds like no. yeah <laughs> i i mean I, I love i love how different the tones of the movie can get because sometimes it's silly sometimes it's really serious and sometimes yes. it's like straight up just like a horror 
Yes. It it plays around with a lot of of genre in a in a really cohesive and great way. Yeah. I I think I think probably for me the the way that they had integrated it all together like it it comes together so well during that leap of faith scene. When oh my god, yeah. You have like like I didn't even notice this the first time that I watched it. It was only on my second watch that I was able to pay a lot more attention to like the music and you know stuff that, you know, isn't already emotionally making me drown in <laughs> in the story. Yeah. But the the fact that it starts with Aaron's theme as the prowler and like oh just my God, but yeah. a more subdued soft version of it like he's far away and then it leads into what's up danger which is you know such a good track and then finally they play like the overall like theme of whenever the, the heroic theme for miles whenever he's about to do something like like make the promise to spider-man or whatever like he's about to do something really momentous as he gets his new suit and he's about to dive. Oh my god, <laughs> so good! Yeah, the like, the music oh, is I'm the music. Emotional again. <laughs> yeah, the music just goes so perfectly with yeah. with the with the like visuals. Oh my god, it's it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, I I have I'm so bad at talking about music, so I I have nothing else to say about it. But like, you need to listen to the soundtrack. Yes, just listen to the soundtrack and you'll know what we mean. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's talk about characters. Yeah. So, you want to reimagine a superhero without pissing off fans in the existing canon? Just make a multiverse. Just make a whole bunch of multiverses. Easy. Win. Or just or just say fuck them. Yeah, or just do your own thing. Either way. <laughs> yeah. Make do your own thing and make it so good that they have to like it. But they still won't because they're going to be like hipsters or whatever elitist about it. But, you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I actually really like the characters in in this film. Like they they're all vastly different <laughs> from each other, which is great. Um, I'm also very, very grateful to Christina Steinberg for being the female input in a primarily male team, like a, yeah. a story written by five men. And they originally were going to do some serious injustice to Spider-Gwen until she stepped up. (laughs) So I'm quite glad for her. (laughs) Because she was, as you would sense from this movie, she was going to be the romantic interest for Miles. Everyone could see that coming. Yeah. But when they decided that they weren't going to make it a, 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 a romantic movie or have that romance happen, she was the reason why Gwen still stayed relevant. Which is amazing. Oh, I'm I'm so glad about that, and and it just sort of makes everything better. Yes. Like it it makes the shoulder touch scene so much better. <laughs> yes. Hey. Oh God, that that. So... I don't want to understate just how funny this movie is, on top of being also like really really serious at times yeah. and really like heartbreaking and really breathtaking. Like yeah. it's also the, the the writing is so good. Yeah, it's like uh, it's it's puberty. I don't think you know what puberty is. <laughs> God, it's yeah. I I loved all of the spiders, and they. Yes. I think they were cast perfectly. Like in the year of our Lord twenty eighteen, we got a <laughs> Nicholas Cage character, and everyone fucking loves him. And God bless. Bless. <laughs> Appar- okay, and apparently in an interview um, or something, 
where uh, apparently in the directing, they weren't quite getting the sound they wanted out of him for the voice. And he was just like, oh, you want me to go full cage? (gasps) (laughs) Which is the most gratifying thing I've ever heard in my life. That Nicolas Cage is just sort of aware that he is Nicolas Cage. He's aware of his own levels of being Nick Cage. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) So So amazing. I am, I am, (laughs) God, I've, (laughs) I loved Spider-Noir a lot. And uh, John Mulaney (laughs) did did a great job as Spider-Ham. It was perfect casting, just A+. plus, A+. plus. It was was quite funny. I wasn't expecting a Spider-Ham, and yet, you know. I wasn't either. Spider pig. I, I don't think anyone really was. Yeah, I loved. I loved. I loved Janky Peter. Janky Peter. <laughs> I love. I Less just loved bad Spider Man. He's like. I, I mean, he's not bad Spider Man. He's just old Spider Man. He's just the more war- worn down version of perfect Spider Man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's he's a little bit worse because you know. It's sort of uh, Miles Universe Spider-Man had a cool spider cave and... Yeah, exactly. And, you know, bad Spider-Man didn't. He had a shed. <laughs> it's Peter, Peter B. Parker. B stands for bad. No! <laughs> he ended no, I, up good. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I loved, I loved the, the little arc that, uh, that Peter has. Oh, yes. I loved how they developed his character from being like, I don't want any part of this. I just want to go home and eat my pizza to being a mentor to Miles, an unwilling mentor to Miles. And then finally, he's like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. And do I want children? Do I want yeah. kids? <laughs> do I want kids? <laughs> that, was such a, that was such a good way yeah. to just like end that. Yeah. yeah. I, I really, really appreciated how well they did the sort of like mentor mentor. Uh, trainee like sort of relationship I thought that mm-hmm. was incredibly well done and and done in a way where it's like you you grow to like it as much as Peter does yeah <laughs> yeah I, I I think it's like the sort of emotional core of of the the two Spider-Mans and and Gwen uh is is really good because I, I think I think that the central relationship in this movie is between Miles and and Peter and between Miles and um, sort of his family. And Mm -hmm. I'll go into the latter later, but it's really important, I think, that um, the sort of central conceit of the movie is that there's multiple Spider-Men. And I thought that was interesting, but it really won me over when, you know, uh, they kind of recognize each other, right? And when they kind of, like, get to know each other, when they say, like, you know, when they meet each other, they're just like, you're like me, right? That's sort of that line. It, it becomes yeah. kind of um, the thread that ha, thread that ties them all there together. There we go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and the web. <laughs> the web. <laughs> and it, it really is, is great. Yeah. And it's the, the relationship between Peter and, and Miles that really carries a lot of the movie as well. Because mm-hmm. it's it's so compelling, you know. Because it's mm-hmm. it's very reluctant. It's it's following the the promise of a uh, uh, Miles being taught by good Spider Man, <laughs> and not janky Spider Man. <laughs> I mean, I love janky Spider Man, but like he's janky Spider Man. He's not good Spider Man. <laughs> he did his best. 
he did his best. But yeah, I mean, I I think that you know, the naturally it's it's gonna be like part of it is is the charm of having multiple um, spider people, and yes. what that what that kind of is like. Obviously, some of the characters are supposed to be more comical than others. Like Spider Ham is not a serious character, and mm-hmm. Spider Noir is over the top to the point of being comical on purpose. You know, mm-hmm. full, he's he's full cage, which he's I love. Full cage, right? <laughs> and um, yeah, I I feel like all of that all of that was done really well. And if there was one complaint I have with the movie, here we go. Okay, here we and, go. And, uh, let's okay, and and you'll notice that I I have not I've yet to mention one, and it's Penny. Yes. yes. And I have, I have some issues with Penny, mm. like just just a little bit. Okay. Because I think she's like. Just a little bit too like cringy, which is funny because normally I'm not the kind of person who puts any stock in like this idea of cringe, but like because you know people enjoy what they want, but like you know I think this is something to be legitimately a little bit cringy about because I and this is sort of context that uh, other people will have about sort of Penny in the comics because Penny in the comics is. Like I don't know if you know anything about Penny Parker in the in the actual comics, and I've, I and mind not. you, I haven't I haven't actually read these comics, but the actual Penny Parker in in the comic books, as as she's depicted, is very much Ava. Like she's she's not like she's not Genki, she's Ava. Oh, interesting. Yeah. she's like she's very sort of uh, reluctant about her role. She's like very sad and you know you know, uh, introspective and, you know, does like really grapples with a lot of, um, very heavy themes. Right. Because, and this, this is a very interesting kind of thing, right? Because so the Penny Parker comics are written and created by Gerard way, like, like that Gerard way. Oh (laughs) yeah. And they center around, um, you know, uh, Penny Parker as like a like a Japanese American girl who obviously, and you know, uh, her her backstory in the uh, the movie is is very similar. Like she loses her dad, and her dad was like a big important spy- scientist man who made a spider robot, right? That sort of mm. thing. Where I feel like they they kind of I get why they did it because they wanted to balance the fact that they have you know three serious spider people and three sillier ones, but I feel like. It kind of does an injustice to the character as as written, oh, but it's sure. also, but it's also a little bit complicated because it's like, I mean, in in the first place, it's not like, um, I mean, it's kind of weird because like, the comics are so derivative of Ava that it's like, a, a little bit just like, well, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, did you really? Um, but I. I don't know. I I cuz I think that the penny in the movies is is cute. I think her design is nice. I think if if anything I'm just like a little bit ambivalent about the way that they depicted her cuz I think they went a little bit too hard on what Americans think anime is. Yes, they did. I I think that they they went like a it's a little bit outdated, I would say. Um this idea cuz it, it it reads very much like early 2000s western depictions of of japanese animation by the way i want you to look at this robot oh my god (laughs) yeah so so that that is the kind of that is the kind of character that this this character originally was ava 
Very, very <laughs> Ava. And I think I have I'm I'm still very ambivalent about it. Because I, I think that I, I get it and I understand why they did it as a sort of like character balancing act. But also I feel like they could have just pulled a different Spider-Man or they could have just depicted her as as is. Because I think yeah. we of all the of all the spiders, I think Penny gets the most like I, like Penny and Spider Ham get the most kind of throwaway, and that's just because Spider Ham is like, a like like the biggest the biggest joke spider, right? Yeah, which I'm I understand if he was like if he's like the only joke throwaway because they they also do give Penny a bit of focus when uh when her robot dies, right? Right, and, and I I actually really <laughs> enjoyed that moment. Yeah, I so I, I thought that was like I thought I that know. was pretty pretty good honestly i was like i yeah. i can't i kind of felt that actually when it happened yeah but i I'm, just like i feel like even if you you're going to pull in spider verse characters that like you need to flatten in order to be able to move the story forward without putting too much focus on them it feels like they could have done that with this version of penny I don't yeah know. yeah i i i think that's the only real issue I have with it is that is that the way that they portrayed this character is so vastly different from the way that they portrayed the original character and the way that she was written to be because I mean like I said it it feels like kind of a disservice to the character and yeah. I would I would honestly be okay with her being a more serious character. I think for the sake of the movie as a unit I I understand because you know yeah. it's already so tightly written as is that there's yeah. it's very hard to write anything more in there without it feeling sort of redundant because yep. like Gwen already very much fills that role and you want to be really careful right because the the conceit of having multiple spider people means that they all have different variations of the same backstory yeah. which means that if you go over it over and over again you're going to start running into like fatigue and you're going to start getting right. a little bit redundant right mm-hmm. where i thought that the way that they tied it together right where you know miles is like you don't understand right and everyone is just like you know miles we're the only ones who mm-hmm. do understand right it's like that's mm-hmm. that is the perfect way of encapsulating their relationship as as different versions of the same character and i thought that yeah. was really really well done and oh, i think yeah. that's that's the reason why she's not written any better than she is even though i feel like she should be mm. i also i also i mean i like her sort of weird cutesy design but i also like the original design too i think it's really charming oh yeah for sure also now i have been in, enlightened that gerard way has probably watched ava <laughs> Gerard Way has so. definitely watched Ava. Oh my god. <laughs> that that dude probably watches tons of anime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> More. <laughs> More. Yeah. I I really like that was I I think that was my only real hang up with the movie, which is pretty surprising because normally I have a couple more. But like that was the only thing that really stood out to me as like a little bit like ah oh I'm taken aback a little bit like it takes me out of the movie a little bit when when she's just yeah she's when she just appeared like, yeah. it was the same for me I I I did feel myself cringing a bit I was just like oh like, really <laughs> yeah I was retreating a little bit I was like I'm sure this is fine but also like yeah exactly I was like I'm sure it's okay but like uh. <laughs> this this could easily have been I I don't I don't know if I would say easily but it could have been better for sure. 
Mm. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not like giving it a pass for that, but like, I understand why they did it, and sure. I just kind yeah. of wish. I, I, you know what? I'll say, if there's a sequel, I just hope they do more with her because I think she really deserves to be a character that gets more than just that. I right. Mean, uh, I, uh, honestly, if she, if even if she was just a little bit less like a caricature of what American people think anime is like, that would have been, I think, just fine by me. It like yeah. goes a little bit too far into like, well, she's a child genius and she eats a lot of candy and she's super ganky and she's got a robot friend, right? Yeah, because I think at the moment when when her robot dies is a legitimately emotionally impactful moment. It's framed as such. The the lighting is is such, and like it. It is like the one moment of of real sort of character that we get for a character that is otherwise um, mostly just like an archetype. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but hey, I mean, I mean, one out of like a billion is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> yeah, I th- I thought the um, the character designing in this movie was really really good. Oh. For sure. Oh my god, I love the design, especially for Gwen. Oh, Gwen's design was excellent. When she first shows up, I was like, what is this? Looks so cool. (laughs) Yeah. I appreciate that they really have a lot of, like, they really understand what they're doing with the characters and how they animate them. Like, Mm -hmm. and this this is obviously the complaint I had about Ruby, right? Where it's like, when they're fighting, it doesn't feel like they're the characters that they are. It just kind of feels like they're all one character. <laughs> this movie is the exact opposite, right? Yeah. Where it feels a lot like every character has a unique motion to them. And because they do. Because they're all yes. animated differently. Because, you know, Penny yep. Parker is literally rendered in two dimensions. Yeah. You know, Spider Noir is, is black and white and he moves with these swooshing motions. Whoa. Swoosh. That Nick Cage swoosh. Right. And like, you know, you have spider, you have uh, Miles and, and, you know, Janky Peter who are, are like the sort of baseline Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have Gwen who is a much more sort of agile uh, Spider-Man. And I, God, it's so good. Like when the, the moment when they all swing off uh, and they leave Miles in his room is just like, it shows you everything you need to know about those characters. Mm-hmm. A plus, A plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... I really like the way that the the a lot of the plot of the movie is very foreshadowed, but in a way that isn't immediately obvious. Yes, I love that. I love the subtle like nods to things that are going to happen later, especially with their powers. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when, <laughs> like when Peter surprises Miles in the in the uh, cemetery, and then Miles actually gives him an electric shock. Like, for yeah. some reason, that didn't register with me the first time that I watched it. I was like, oh, maybe it's just, like, some weird haywiring of his powers. And then, no, it's actually because he has no, fucking just, electric powers. It's just one of his powers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they, they do a lot to make sure... And this is, this is very interesting, because this is something that uh, yeah. I think we've talked about with something. And I don't quite remember. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've definitely mentioned it in reference to, like... Things like One Piece or whatever. But mm. in uh, one of the greatest things that you can do as a writer is to bring back things that were seemingly irrelevant and make them relevant. So mm. like the, the, the sort of 
documentary that we get in the beginning when Miles is going to school uh, that is obvious, like obviously later it's Doc Ock, but we yes, don't, yes, yes. we don't know that until the moment it, mm-hmm. like she just is like, uh, like says that, right? Yes. Because we, we don't know her name. Yep. But, but we know her that she is like a quantum physicist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we know that because Miles also brings it up. He says, oh. Yeah, I was like watching the thing in class, and you know, she's yeah, like the head. Yeah, when he was guessing that Peter was from a parallel universe and got brought in here, he was like, "Yeah, we watched a thing about it in class." Right, and then <laughs> it comes up later when they're when they're in front of the Alchemex building when exactly uh, they have that comic book sequence, and yeah. it got it's such a it's such a good like one off line where he says, "Oh, I, I step forward, reexamine my my biases." Right? I, know, I, I thought love that was really funny. So much. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, things like uh, Uncle Aaron is, is foreshadowed way in the beginning. You know, he he's like, I did an engineering job here. He jumps over yes. that fence with incredible yes. agility. And you yes. think, because here's the thing is you think of that as just being, well, he's just like the cool uncle because it's like an animated yes, movie. Right. Exactly. But no, it's because he's literally the bad guy. Yeah, and he knows about this job because his job was working with Kingpin. <laughs> right, and it works so well because that's he's the reason why Miles knows about that place to begin with. The reason he goes exactly. back, exactly, and he's the reason that you know he's uh, he uh, Miles encounters Spider Man. Yep, in the lab, and, and it's, it's like the reason he gets bit and everything, just yeah. all of it. So the way that the the narrative is written is really really tight. And mm-hmm. no, no, nothing is really wasted. Like even the, even the kind of like joking things that happen in the beginning montage where he's just like, "I made a Christmas carol" or whatever, right? That comes back later too. <laughs> yes, I love the Spidey bells. <laughs> yeah, the Spidey bells. <laughs> I love, I love it coming back in the in the credits too. He's just like, "Oh my I, god!" I, I busted out laughing I a, when I started I have a degree hearing in it. engineering. <laughs> yeah, I I love that. Uh, I also love that my boy, he uses QQ soup. <laughs> yeah. Miles uses QQ, which is a Chinese messaging app. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. I was like, I know that penguin. <laughs> oh my when God. When he showed him on his smartphone. I was like, why though? That's not an American thing. I don't know. But apparently it's part of a promotional thing, you know, whatever. But like. Interesting. Uh, I thought it was funny. <laughs> that is that is quite funny. Yeah, yeah. I and like this isn't just just a, like a couple of things, right? This is like everything in the movie is like this because, and and this is something that um, I want to get into, which is that Miles is a character that is really really connected to the people around him, and um, it really foregrounds this idea of your friendly neighborhood Spider Man, like. It is so important that Miles is a character that is so so connected to like his his environment and the people around him, right? Like his motivations are like the neighborhood and his his family, right? right. Like he's oh, I love this the just the the little depictions we get of his family about where his his dad is like, you know, he's doing his best. He's kind of stoic, you know, he he wants to make sure that his son knows that he loves him and yes. but you know he's also you know he's he's just like you know like you can't throw this chance away because like that's his perspective as a parent you know he's like i just want the best for you and right. you know miles just wants to 
be where he feels like he belongs. And I love that that tension is something that exists. And I love that, like, Miles is just, like, casually speaks Spanish to his mom. And it's just, like, (sighs) everything about this, it's it's so good. Like, his family feels like such a family. Yes. (laughs) And every small interaction that they have informs you so much about about what their family dynamic is like. And then mm-hmm. God God knows, like, by, by the end, like, oh, I'm crying. I'm in tears. God. Oh, my God. The scene when he's talking with his dad in the dorm room and he can't speak because he's tied up in Peter's web. And then yeah. the door is separating them. I was like... <gasps> I, <laughs> Sobbing. <laughs> I, I so love that it... it legitimately addresses this this really complicated dynamic that Miles has with his dad yeah. and also you know with his family in general right it's like you know obviously he doesn't like Miles's dad doesn't talk to his brother that often and yeah. he's he's been separated and like you know he's he's a cop right like you know he's mm-hmm. he's he's in a position where like and and it's a very like Brooklyn thing, right? Like Miles Morales is such a Brooklyn superhero. Yes. <laughs> like he's so he's so firmly grounded in in Brooklyn as as like a place, and For that's sure. so important as Spider Man because that's the mm-hmm. point of Spider Man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And I I think that like that gets underplayed a little bit in in the more recent like Tom Holland you know movie where it's it's like. Yeah, I mean, he, he lives there. I, I think I think Tom Holland does a decent job at 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 being a you know New Yorkian or you know being from yeah, Brooklyn or whatever. I, mean, like I, they, I think I think so, but it's just like yeah, you know, Miles Miles has such a like a deeper connection to the sort of I think so. I think so. Yeah, the 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 Brooklyn area, and like yeah. it just feels like he's he's a part of the community. Yeah. And it gives him a lot of motivation for saving things. Like that's a, that's the kind of thing about superhero movies is that sometimes you can lose a sight of what is actually at stake. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I, Infinity War was I would say pretty good. Um, I was definitely like whoa when I watched it. But you know, thinking about it now, it's like a lot of the sort of stakes are very obscure. It's just like, well, we gotta save the world because we're the Avengers. I mean, yeah, sure, but like, you know, if you abstract it that far, I don't really get it, right? Mm. And it doesn't really become like real until uh, half the characters die, right? right? It doesn't feel and as then, personal. And then mm-hmm. you feel you feel the stakes, right? Well, yes, yes. The thing about the thing about you know this movie is you feel them immediately because you already know Miles's family lives there, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And you feel mm-hmm. like, well, if something bad happens here, then what will Miles's family do, right? Yeah. It's like everyone feels like, you know, there, there's a reason why they're they're doing what they're doing. And right. And the the fact that like Miles even brings it up himself, he's like, he's like, we have to stop this collider, right? Right. Like I have to protect the people here, and you of course know because he just had a couple of scenes with his family that he's talking about his family and his friends and people in his neighborhood. Right. Yeah. I, oh God. It's so, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I love that miles just kind of picks up everything from people around him. Like all of the yes. lessons that Peter gives him. <laughs> he makes up a couple of things for Peter, which is so good. <laughs> like the, the Don't last watch moment, the mouth, watch the hands, <laughs> right? The, the last, the last moment 
when and he's just like, you know, how will I know that I won't mess it up again? And he's like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, you won't, like, right? Because it's a it's yep. a leap of faith. Yeah, and I, I thought that was like one of the most powerful moments in a movie with a ton of powerful moments. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I also think it's 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 quite important that like the well, okay, I'll go ahead to that later. Actually, um, I liked King King's I like Kingpin's backstory a lot. I, I, I oh my god, I, I thought that was such a good execution. <laughs> I yeah, that was one of the cleanest villain motivation sort of execution backstories I've ever seen. I was shocked. I was like, they just conveyed everything that we needed to know about Kingpin's character for this movie in two minutes. Less yeah, than. right. <laughs> it's like, it understands exactly how much you need to know to get his motivations. Because yes. beyond that, like, he's a villain. We're not supposed to sympathize with him necessarily. We're supposed to understand why he's doing what he's doing. And, and yep. feel like, well, okay, I get it, right? Yep. Because it's it's not just about because here's the thing is like Kingpin's sort of deal is that he caused the death of his family and he's doing everything in his power to avoid that recognition. Mm-hmm. You know, he will go as far as to collapse all of the universes together to to get his family back just for them to be alive again. Yeah. Even though he was the one who indirectly caused them to to die right it's kind of like if he because wasn't he's a bad beating guy. up spider-man in the first place then his family wouldn't have walked in on him doing that and ran away in horror and and, and gotten killed right because he's a bad guy because he's a bad <laughs> boy <laughs> like they they completely give you everything you need to know because you don't after that you don't really need to know anything else yes like we don't need to deliberate on that yeah. Because we we know we get it. You're not mm-hmm. spending like mm-hmm. ten minutes talking about like I was. He doesn't I was have doing to so give good. like a whole bad guy speech about. Oh like- yeah. <laughs> I I loved I loved how quiet he was. Right. Yes. He says so little throughout the movie, but you get it. He's like yes. You know he he says like you know Spider Man. Sometimes it's not about the money, and you're like oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I kind of, I, I love the the sort of um, asynchronous motivations of the villains too. Like Doc Ock knows that even if Kingpin gets his family back, they will not be able to stay in the dimension. Mm-hmm. But she wants to do it anyway. Yeah, because she she loves like like I love that that interaction that they had when uh, I guess like. She was. She had uh, his bodyguard or whatever, like in in a stranglehold or whatever. And then they were like, she was talking with Kingpin, and then he's saying, "Get this, get my super collider ready or whatever." And she's like, "Our super collider." And you're like, "Okay, I get you. I know what you're, why you're in this, which is yeah, like you're yeah. in this for figuring out what's going on." And of course, that shows in her character with her interactions with uh with our our tubby peter you know mm-hmm. <laughs> our janky peter <laughs> janky peter yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think a lot of this movie is about family in in direct and indirect ways and it's it's very important to me that uh uncle aaron is a character that is not glossed over you know he is like he it's it like the reveal is that he's he's the villain and it it's really you're like oh right but also beyond that, it really affects Miles as a character, and mm-hmm. I cannot understate how important it is that like the the ending sequence is very much like 
you know this this mural of 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 him and yeah. you know it says like like rest in power like it's a very very powerful moment and i think Aww. that it really tells you you know what what that relationship is like and god i i just love i i love that their relationship is is so complicated and the relationship with my between miles and aaron and miles and his family and aaron and his family is so good mm-hmm. like they're just sort of like you know like you know aaron's like a good guy but like i don't i don't i don't, I don't like talk to him or whatever right it's like, yeah I'm, i love that they don't actually need to go into like whatever happened between dad and aaron right. they're just they're just disconnected yeah because they drifted apart and that's all you really need to know yes yeah, oh I, I don't know. I, I, I think that the the familial themes in this movie are just so strongly executed, and they feel so good. Yeah, and you can just like it, like in the writing and in the visual storytelling, all of it is there to convey exactly how. <laughs> I just like you just follow it so easily, right? Yeah, like the the moment when. Aaron is with Miles on the rooftop was just like probably one of the highlights of the movie for me. Well, I mean, aside from like how tragic it is, is because of how powerful it is and how much you can see Aaron caring for Miles by like how like he has that moment of where he's debating like, oh, no, like the the realization that Miles is the Spider-Man that he's been pursuing this entire time. And how his boss is right behind him, ready with a gun, right? Right. And wants him to 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 put Miles down right then and there. And so you're you you're left in this state of suspension of like, oh my God, is he actually going to do it? Is he not going to do it? Like, what's he gonna do? And then right when you're thinking that is when he lets go of Miles and he like you know softly slides down the mask and just like backs away, both hands in the air, almost like. Just like that, like kind of like pacifying, like I'm not gonna do anything. Don't worry. And then he gets shot, and that moment was just so like, oh my god! Just all of their expressions and everything was so so like you are in that moment with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't, I, I, and also like just like the gut puncher at the end was was Aaron telling Miles like I just wanted to be someone that you could look up to and he god, felt so disappointed in himself and he apologizes to miles <laughs> oh god it's it's such a good moment yeah and it's so so strong like yeah i, I can't really put into words how good the movie is at making you feel that in your yeah. body yeah. when when he says that you know it's like it it makes this sort of like uncle ben like thing right and at this point this far into the sort of world into the post spider-man world right the sort of Mm -hmm. uncle ben story is a little bit cliche almost it's almost played out where you're just like ah okay uncle ben great power irresponsible whatever yeah yeah they address it quite early on too where uh janky peter is like okay i'm sick of hearing that just don't say it anymore yeah he's like i don't want to i don't hear that anymore right But they, but they like make fun of it, and then they come back around and they they make you feel for it all yes, over again. Yes. It's like it's the same thing. Yeah, and it it's so it's so well executed, 
mm-hmm. in that it doesn't even let you think about it. It just makes you feel it. Yes. And then afterwards they talk about it and they're just like, you know, you know, for me, it was it was my Uncle Ben. You know, for me, it was it was my father. Right. Mm hmm. And that moment is really great because it really ties the characters together with their common backstory. You know, it's like, well, yeah, we do understand. Like, that was what we went through. And yeah. God, I'm oh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm I'm I'm. I really loved the interactions between the spiders. I think it was just really, really well done. I like that they had had that little moment of of everyone is like empathizing with each other because they they do understand. I think a lot of times it's easy, and this is a lot of what happens with like modern super uh, superhero movies, right? Where it's a, it's very easy to lose perspective of these things. Um, yeah. But as a, as a superhero, oftentimes you feel very alone and isolated because no one understands what you're going through. No one understands like, yeah. well, I, I have powers and responsibility and I should do something about it, right? Well, yeah. they all understand because they're all Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you that it, it, that kind of thing tends to be glossed over in other superhero works where you have multiple superheroes coming together or if they do have it happen then it's played off like a joke like oh i also right. got thrown into a time traveling machine something or other you know like, <laughs> or it's like you know it's like in avengers yeah. it's like hawkeye you're just like i got arrows yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i shoot a bow all these people yeah. got electric powers and stuff i don't got that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so i really appreciated that and I, it really put into perspective this idea of the superhero and i i think it like this movie is really aware of what a superhero is and oh, yes. the sort of emotional impact that comes with that. And it really presents it to us in a really fresh way. You know, I, I really loved that after Spider-Man in Miles' universe died, you know, there's the whole vigil scene and, yes. and this, the speech by Mary, Mary Jane, Jane where she's just like, you know, anyone can wear the mask. Anyone can be a superhero. Right. Because that really foregrounds like what the idea of a superhero is. Right. The idea mm-hmm. of a superhero is to inspire other people to do good. Yes. And it's God that oh, the Stanley cameo made me cry. I was like, oh, oh Stan. I, know. I was like, Stan. <laughs> and the moment when when Miles comes to terms with with all of the things that have been presented to him, you know, where he's mm-hmm. just like, you know, I have these powers now. And I have a certain amount of responsibility. And, you know, after that, he's able to, to harness and use his powers because, you know, it was never that he just couldn't. It was just that he just didn't believe that he could. Right. Yes. And when he when he has this leap of faith and like, again, this is one of those things like the um, uh, like the like the Uncle Ben thing where it, it is kind of cliche, but it's presented to us in a way that's pre- like executed so well that it. it it doesn't feel like it. It feels fresh and it feels... Yeah, I think they also did a good job of, like, good. destroying yeah. the cliche earlier on with, with their gags about, like, you know, Miles right, exactly. about to clear the building, you know, and then he decides, like, I'm going to choose a shorter building, <laughs> and then he goes and does that. <laughs> right, and then and then he breaks the thing. Yeah, and he breaks the USB. <laughs> right, it's like, it's like the perfect, it's like the perfect moment of, like, oh, okay, yeah, I can't do this. 
Yeah, because you, you, it has so many moments where you're expecting him to just like pull off that miraculous hero thing with like some hero gumption or whatever. Like, this is the moment, this is the time. And every, every opportunity that he has before that, he just like falls on his face. He gets hit. He gets, it's just everything. Uh, and, it, it doesn't ever like have him basically break character because it does sometimes feel that way in in other moments of like you know other movies or whatever where the hero it almost feels like they're becoming superhuman or like they're not becoming themselves anymore because yeah, they yeah. they they have something that amazing happen with them right well that's that's like the the great thing about you know superhero movies is it, is that oftentimes the the central narrative is about someone who is a normal person rising to greatness and yeah. and it it is the movement of human into like hero but that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean forsaking your humanity right exactly i i love I, I think that that's, his... that's why spider-man is such a great superhero right it it feels like it's really earned from I mean of course the the coincidence of him being bitten by a spider is you know it's whatever but the fact that he actively chooses the way that he chooses to use his powers that's all on him right right yeah it it, it always comes down to the choice and mm-hmm. and I think that's that's what's important and then that's why it feels like so good when he mm-hmm. does it is because mm-hmm. it feels like Miles is making a choice to become a superhero and, yes. and to to take that leap of faith yes that like this whole movie and the way that they approached you know how miles becomes a superhero is just like such a good like it it perfectly concentrates what i've what i love about superhero movies which is honestly like, yeah like like before before this film like i've only like i've been like i mean i like superhero movies they're fine and then this this was like the essence of all of what i had ever liked about those movies put into one <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it really reminded me of, you know, when I was younger and watching Spider-Man movies, and I liked them because I was a little little tiny child that had never seen, like, a superhero movie before. I was like, whoa, Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. That That kind of thing, I feel, again, when I watch this movie, I think, like, yes. oh, yeah, I, I do like Spider-Man, you know? It's yeah. like... I, I really I really like Spider Man and I really like Miles of Spider Man too. Same. I think it, it not only wins you over into liking Spider Man, but you like Miles and you like the other Spider Verse versions. Right. Yeah. I yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. Um Yeah. <laughs> I, the ending was really nice too, I think. Yes. Yeah, the it was very, it very freaking quick and clean. not freaking kissing Gwen. Thank you freaking lord i was going to scream i was waiting for i was just like are they going to do it yeah. i will be unhappy if they do it they going to do it <laughs> i was also like a little bit just like please don't i know please don't. No, i was tense i was tense i was just like please please don't do this please their faces are so close together please don't do this it's like this is such, this is such an easy way to ruin this relationship exactly exactly and then they did and i was like bless and they I was me like, i've been thank blessed you. thank you <laughs> Less. Anyway, um. Oh, yeah. also, mm-hmm. I loved. Okay, I love the end credits. The end credits were incredible. Oh my god! It, <laughs> it felt like they gave like source filmmaker shit posters free reign to do whatever they wanted. 
And it, it, it is my favorite ending credit scene of all time. I think the Black Panther one is pretty good too. But this one is just, just amazing. And also, the greatest after credit scene in any Marvel movie ever. Yep. 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 That's all I have to say about that. Oh, and okay, I will say it's a hint at more, more Spider-Verse because it uh, teases Spider-Man, I think, like 2099 or whatever, who's like the future Spider-Man. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he's, um, yes, yes, Spider-Man 2099. Uh, the main character is uh, Miguel O'Hara. Mm. Yeah, so, they did say his name. She said Miguel. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's obviously meant to be that Spider-Man. And then he, <laughs> he does the thing. You it know what? So you know the good. thing. <laughs> you know the thing. The thing. <laughs> I okay. I I will say I love how aware they are of all the Spider-Man memes. That was why the end credit scene is so good because they have that thing where he's behind the desk and there's the picture of Spider-Man on the thing, and then they just like duplicate it over and over again. I love how hard they leaned into the memes. They even, like Spider-Ham is the meme from <laughs> Spidey Pig. It's just so good. So it's. I just, oh, everything about it is so good. I, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's it. I, I think that's that's all I gotta say about it for now. I'm sure I'll think of something later. But like, everything in this movie is the best, and I love it. <laughs> and it's my favorite movie ever now, and the best animated movie. Period. 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 Best best Western animated movie. Period. Especially it's certainly in, been my favorite for a long time. Like 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 I listen. I really if you do if you have it. if you have one that you think is better, tweet it at us, and I will consider it. <laughs> but like you're you're gonna have to try real fucking hard. Western animation. We're not yeah, talking West, about Eastern. Western we animation. Know, we know Eastern can uh, has you know. <laughs> There's some there's some strong some contention, <laughs> some strong contention in in, uh, yeah, in yeah. Japanese animation. So yeah, yeah, it is. This is a, a masterpiece of animation. I'm willing to say. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's wrap up. Let's wrap up. Uh, okay. what you uh what you uh what you doing? Where you where you at? What I'm doing? I can be found on Twitch and Twitter at Swandron, Instagram at Swan Drawn. Come on over, say hi. I know people who listen to this podcast come over to the stream and they're like, "Here, have some, have some generosity," and then they'll, you know, throw things at me, and then I try to reject them. But you know, whatever. But <laughs> so that, that's, but a that's thing like that not how Twitch works, so you can't. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully, as I, I'm, I'm still. In the process of, I guess I'm like in the final arc-ish kind of thing of Kingdom Hearts, so hopefully as I go through that, there won't be any more salt fests. Um, but if you would like to see the potential for that, that's where I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. How about you? Uh, you can find me all the places at Literal Soup. I am just going to do finals and then not think about anything, except for maybe some Grand Blue grinding. I'm, I'm close to my third Eternal, which is kind of scary to think about. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to a restful vacation Aww. where I can laze around for a week and then maybe I'll think about my life. Going forward. Don't laze. You gonna cook? Uh, 
I am. Yeah, I'm probably gonna cook. I made. I made soup. Uh, I made <gasps> chicken soup. Nice. But I forgot to post pictures. I still have some, so I'll just see if I can remember uh, to post pictures before it's all gone. Very nice. I made catfish soup, which I'm probably going to eat after this. Ooh, that sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> mm, tasty. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, I literally cannot think of anything, any possible other thing that I will do in the next two weeks. Except for maybe, maybe I'll go see Captain Marvel in my off time. Um, oh, yeah, I'm going to see a, that next week. Mm-hmm. As a uh, uh, cool down from, from finals, like maybe a little break for myself. Yeah, we need to talk about it because I heard it was divisive, so I'm so excited. Okay, <laughs> sure. I mean, we, we can talk about it. We can talk about my next episode if you really want to. Maybe. We'll see. We'll I see. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I would want to do... I'm a little afraid to foray I, I, into all of Marvel. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do two superhero movies in a row. Um, yeah, but... maybe we could just like mention it at the beginning or something, but we'll see. Sure, we can We can definitely talk about it then. Yeah. Yeah. Our opening is by Scottsu Network, and our ending is by Takamai Okada. Check them out because they're great. And they're super, super nice and fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You should check out our podcast Twitter at, at AbsoluteCast on Twitter, on the tweeters, where we'll yeah. post updates and stuff. And sometimes, if I'm really feeling generous, analysis that I forgot to put in. And I say generous, <laughs> I, meant, I meant self-conscious. Nice revision. <laughs> yeah. You should definitely also check out the video versions of the podcasts because Rennie puts a lot of work into them. They look pretty, pretty awesome. Thanks, so, man. So you should, you, should definitely, <laughs> you should definitely do that. I've been thinking about our ending. Okay. Uh, like our ending line for a little bit. Okay. And I thi- Here okay. we go. I'm ready. So I need you to brainstorm with me a little bit, though. Just like a little okay. bit. Okay. So, you know how last, last year was the year of, of Akechi Guro Eat Your Fucking Heart Out? Of course. I think in, in, in this year, we should be a little bit more positive. We, mm-hmm. should, we should foreground positivity by, by wishing well a certain character. And that character is Goro Majima. <laughs> <laughs> so we go from, like, telling... <laughs> telling Goro Akechi to F off <laughs> to loving Goro Majima. <laughs> yes. So basically, if last if last year was was telling a Goro to fuck off, this year is telling a Goro, you know, I hope you have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, you know how much I love him, so I'm not gonna be against that. <laughs> that I mean that's that's exactly why I thought of it. I was like, what would Renu like? Because <laughs> I know Renu like? I know Renu disliked Akechi Goro as much as I did, but who does she like? Ah, Goro Majima. Oh, the other Goro. <laughs> the other Goro. So I need you to I need you to help me come up with a, a sort of catchy, snappy phrase that I can say for Goro oh. Majima. Or alternatively, if you want to start saying it, you can say it. Okay. Well, I'll I'll probably have to peruse a bunch of Majima memes. Which, okay, you know. <laughs> it's fine. We'll just we'll have that for next time then. Okay. Well, we'll have that for next. I promise. Probably. Oh, I don't, don't know. I'm promise. Not, I'm not gonna promise. It's your job to promise. No. <laughs> okay. Some something well, this something. This time it can be Spidey bells. Something so the sp- <laughs> Spidey bells. <laughs> Goblin smells. Something something something. <laughs> I have a degree. <laughs> I don't have a degree, but Spider-Man you does. You almost will. 
I almost will. Oh, that's a scary thought. <laughs> I'll be qualified to talk about stuff. <laughs> Maybe we should just talk about memes next time. I'll I'll give you like the I'll get I'll I'll pull out all my books from this quarter and like cite sources. No. <laughs> you don't want to hear about Mark Fisher's capitalist realism or Byung-Chul Han's uh, transparency society. here we got some soup to eat <laughs> okay all right let's go let's that's go that's not you <laughs> i i would hope not that would be very distressing <laughs> all right thanks for listening goodbye we'll see you next time we'll see you next time with a snappy line i promise right Ren- promises no ね。